without doubt the most pressing issue facing the wool industry, the future of shearing. It's been discussed at lengths in wool sheds, sheep yards, pubs and across kitchen tables for a couple of years now. It's been the focus of plenty of yarn episodes also. It is a genuine threat to wool production. So the chronic lack of availability of shearing teams in many areas has actually made up of a lot of factors. Shearing training and retention, of course, but providing a modern and safe workplace. The culture of sheds, bringing back New Zealand shearers, keeping shearers in the industry longer, providing consistency of work, reducing injuries, giving learners their first stand and keeping them in work, upright shearing and other new technologies to remove the catch and drag. All these are issues influencing the current shearing crisis and I didn't even mention cost. But one of the leading lights providing genuine hope for the future is the biological wool harvesting work funded by Australian Wool Innovation via the University of Adelaide. And in this episode, we take a deep dive into it. Welcome to The Yarn. It's a podcast for the wool industry. I'm Marius Cumming. Well, I would have multiple conversations every single day about shearing, and I dare say you do as well. And so too, Professor Philip Hind from the University of Adelaide, who is researching biological harvesting. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. We, we uh, as researchers, we, we feel very much the, the stress of this. Um, we, we totally understand the urgency um, that the industry needs an alternative here, um, and we're, we're we're working flat out to, to get it there. So importantly, research takes time. It has to be methodical. It has to be controlled. It has to be repeatable. So um, those listening to this may well be um, aware of, of BioClip from decades ago, uh, which involved uh, uh, injecting a protein into sheep and then capturing wool in nets, which ended up actually being more labour intensive because you had to put the net on and inject them and then take the net off and then take the wool out of the net. Um, this is a completely different process to buy a clip, as I understand. Absolutely. Um, so we took a completely different approach to buy a clip, but all of the previous attempts to, to get an alternative to shearing worked on the idea of basically putting the wool, but with, with um, uh, you know, proteins. Uh, and BioClip was very successful at, at, at basically stopping the wool growing. And, of course, that became the problem of, of wool falling out. We took a completely different approach, Maurice. We, we thought it, it should be feasible to use a similar process but create a weak point rather than stop the fibre growing. And the beauty of that is that if you can create a weak point in the fibre, in all the follicles and all the fibres across the body, you can then leave the sheep uh, for however long you like after that, you know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, ten weeks, and we've done all those, uh, and the weak point remains, right? So you can harvest the wool above that weak point uh, any time that's convenient to your property. And you don't, you're not reliant on shearers turning up at, at a particular time. Um, and, and indeed, we identify a way, a way of, of doing that. So no nets um, and, and no uh, problems of, of wool falling off in the paddock, which was the other problem that people raised with me. Will it fall off in the paddock? And the answer is no. We've done that experiment. 
Uh, well, yeah, falling off in the paddock, I mean, that could possibly work for composite sheep. But in terms of uh, <laughs> in terms of this particular protein, which I understand is derived from corn, um, how much control do you have over that weakening down to eight to ten newtons? I mean, I presume it's it's based yep. on live live weight. So, um, how yep. much does it work in an eighty kilo first cross ewe as well as it does for a thirty kilogram merino lamb? Yeah, okay, so you're starting to ask questions that, that we don't have the answer to yet, but um, in terms of body weight, um, this will work on a per, per uh, kilogram body weight, so the injected dose would be based on body weight like we do for, for drenching. Um, in terms of crossbreds, we're, we're doing that experiment at the moment. Um, we, we, we do know that this will weaken all fibres that are growing at the time that we... Um, do the treatment. Um, the question is, in crossbreds, some of the fibres aren't growing at the time that you treat. Uh, they're actually in a resting phase. And we don't know what proportion that are in resting phase will, will allow us to work. So we've got some work to do on, on composites still. And in terms of application, I understand that it's a subcutaneous injection, uh, like any yep. vaccine, yep. for example. So, um, yep. yeah, the, so the administration of, of this is not going to be um, that complicated, even if it is on a, a, no. a live weight basis. But in terms of the control, yep. it sounds like you're very confident around getting the fibres down to 8 to 10 newtons. Yeah, we think... we, we, we the breakthrough that we made, um, you mentioned the Zane protein. We started um, with the Zane protein because we knew it had this unusual effect of making a weak point. But we also knew that feeding wasn't going to be a good way of applying the treatment. Too, too many variables in feeding sheep. You know, um, shy feeders, um, uh, do they eat enough? Uh, differences in gut function between sheep. So the breakthrough we made was that we, we then studied how was this protein working at the follicle level. And this was the smart bit. We worked out what the target was. And then that allowed us to identify agents, and they're largely um, protein agents, that will target that specific um, uh, pathway. And that's the breakthrough that we made. So. Um, it started with Zane, but it's now an injectable. And yes, um, we believe that we can dial up quite, quite accurately dial up the newtons per kilotex that we create. That's very interesting. And um, yeah, what what an interesting and effective breakthrough. It sounds like uh, you are, are confident in that mechanism. Um, oh yeah. And, and now I know you've been looking at wool removal with a handheld device for some years now. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and we're talking about potentially running sheep up through a VE machine and then removing it with a handheld device. How much can you tell us about that handheld device? Yeah. So early, early in this research. Um, we worked with the engineers and we would create these weak points and they came up with a, a very simple handheld device that you could just run over the sheep. You had to, had to enter into the fleece and then just run it at pretty high speed across the body. And it was, it was quite remarkable. It's like, it's like watching an orange get peeled. Um, the wool just peels off in front of the device. And of course, again, you've got to keep your head around this. There's, there's no combs and cutters. 
There's no cutting the sheep. There's no skin pieces. There's no double cuts. It's just running along, um, basically just just snapping the fibres off and, and removing them. So, so we got a long way towards that, and and that, in fact, is, is what the engineers are starting with again now because this was put on hold for a while while we worked out the other bit, biology bit. And so what we're hoping now is that the engineers will be able to refine that original uh, device. Um, and, yes, it starts with a handheld thing, which can be operated by unskilled labour, which is a big deal, um, using sort of, you know, normal um, sheep and sheep handling equipment that we've already got. But the, the real breakthrough will be automating that so that um, wool can be harvested very, very quickly in a high-throughput system. Well, that's that's the news to me, I have to admit. I thought the problem um, here was very much in the harvesting, but uh, um, how much can you tell us about that handheld device? I mean, it, it, you're right, it's so hard to get your head around not cutting the fibre. So is it a is it a comb? Is it a suction? Is it a pull? What What is the actual mechanism? So at the moment, um, it's it's based on a, a rotating um, disc that basically just just um, spins and, and plucks the fibres and, and snaps them off at the weak point. Um, and the sheep doesn't feel anything. We, we, we know that. We've, we've looked at the, you know, any potential welfare issues if it was too hard to break and so on, but we know what we need to get to not to cause um, flinching and so on. Um, and, and so I think I, the engineers I speak to say that they, they can take that and, and work with that very rapidly towards a, a um, you know commercial practical system. That sounds quite amazing. So, I mean, if if it's a pulling device, then does the wool get sucked into an air tube? How do you move? I mean, you end up yeah, with well, wool everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at at the moment, it's it's just breaking it off, um, and and you know it peels away in front of the device. But logically, uh, air uh, suction vacuum is a good way to move wool. We know that from wool processing plants. You know, if you go to GH Michels and so on, you, you see wool moving around the the, the uh, factory in in airflows. So, it, 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 the engineers tell me it, it, it's not difficult at all to, to mount a, uh, a vacuum system on the front of that device, which just sucks the wool off. And then you get into the interesting <clears throat> potential for um, uh, classing that wool in a high-speed video analysis way, like they do for food. Now, I know this is getting a bit sci-fi-ish, but the food industry uses uh, high-speed um, video analysis of foods and grapes and, and fruits and things like that to identify size, shape, colour, um, whether whether it's, in, in this case, whether it's a fibre or not, and, and moves them out of the, out of the system. Wow, yeah, I'm, I don't think I've got enough brain cells to sort of think my way through that. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, and I, look, <laughs> that's look, amazing. And I know I'm, a, I'm I know I'm a, a a researcher, and we're optimists about things. Um, but but I'm just trying to paint the bigger picture of this down the track is is game changing. But it all comes down to the starting point, and that is, can we get the right agent? Can we get the right um, uh, engineering solution to, to kick it off at the what I call the 
sort of the skateboard level. Let's get it rolling with a skateboard and then move to a you know, Tesla a bit down the track. Fair enough. I'm still trying to get my head around the spinning disc. I don't know uh, where the intellectual property sort of is is at with that. But are you are you yeah. talking about something so, that's a bit like a carpet cleaner in terms of a spinning drum or yeah. that pushes it yeah. or pulls it? It's it's a spinning it's a spinning um, disc um, and um, with with little fingers on it that just pluck, pluck the fibres at the weak point. Oh, um, and in terms of intellectual property, Australian Wool Innovation uh, own that uh, that device, so that's good. Yeah, well, yes, Australian Wool Growers own it, so uh, we can talk about it a little more. That sounds Correct. sounds good. So it's all right. Thinking of Correct. all right, a disc being say a CD, <clears throat> but there, it has fingers that are protruding up from that CD. But how then do the the fibres not get caught in it? No, 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 it's not not like a it's not a flat CD device. It's a it's a roller, like a roller drum. So it's a more of a drum than a than a flat disc, right? Okay. Yeah. 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 It's not a flat disc, and and they don't get caught in it because there's a there's a, um, a part of the device which which as the drum spins, um, flick the fibers forward, so they don't stay in the uh, on the drum. Oh, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that sounds. That sounds very yeah. interesting. Well, look, you're sounding very, um, very upbeat about that. I mean, I know you've been working on that for for some years, but it, it sounds like the jigsaw puzzle's slowly coming together. But um, I'm conscious of um, not being too optimistic for growers, uh, as we both know. Yeah. These things take a very, very long time. Oh, look, <clears throat> this is not a trivial thing to do, um, and people. Let's face it, people have been trying to do this. You know, from the 19, well, the Empire Clip started back in the 1970s in CSIRO in Sydney, and it's not a trivial um, problem to solve. But we've made some big steps, and that's all I can say to growers is we we're confident that this is a good approach. We're confident that we can make weak wool, and we're confident that we can get it off without comb and cutter. Now. We need to go through the careful, methodical, scientific steps to make sure that you know we do it properly, uh, and that always takes time. But the timelines we've got in our heads are: we've got 18 months uh, to prove that our agents work and that this process will work, and that a device is commercial. You know, can can be made commercially. Then we've got to refine that and move forward. So by the end of next year, the end of 2024, um, in terms of the stop-go for this project, what exact questions do you need to be able to answer? So we need to be able to answer, can we uh, reliably, repeatably create uh, a weak point um, in sheep um, uh, and we'll know whether it works on crossbred and composite sheep as well as merino uh, sheep? Um, we will uh, be working towards optimising the dose, optimising the way it's injected and the form it's injected, um, and the engineers hopefully will have made some moves forward towards a um, you know commercial system that will remove the weakened wool. We've then got work to do, uh, a lot of work to do once it's in a prototype field demonstration type 
we've got to work through body weight types, different environments, different sheep types. You know, there's, you know, what effect does it have, for instance, on a pregnant sheep? You know, we don't want a system that will, you know, create problems with, with pregnant ewes. What's it do to reproduction? What's it do to general health? And and so far, it's it, it looks pretty good. But, you know, we've got all that work to do. That is interesting. But as you say, um, sort of technology has started to provide some answers to this i'm just thinking um in terms of administration uh, getting the exact dose yeah. right you know we've got sheep handlers yeah. that very quickly weigh and we've got digital um drench guns now that that you know dose exact to to body weight so i mean you can do that you can sort mm. of do that now can't you yeah yeah and there's there's stuff in um delivery systems now that allow you to uh mimic this the, the precise delivery of, over a period of time so, you know, you inject a little um, polymer containing the agent under the skin that releases over uh, the correct dose and time period that's required. So mm-hmm. there's some smart technology that's going to back us up here. And um, just from a, a personal level, Philip, um, you know, this this is sort of your life's work. You've sort of, there's a potential to sort of write yourself into history here. How do you, how do you feel about it? You, I can hear the excitement in your voice. Um, but from a professional level, how do you feel about this project? Uh, the, you, you, you're, you're absolutely right. This has been something that I've been passionate about for a long time because I could see the need was was coming and it just happens to have come very quickly and just at the right time when we made this breakthrough. So it's kind of like almost fortuitous that, that we, we hung in there doing this stuff, hoping that it would get to this point. Now it's at this point, it's... It's a bit scary, to be honest. It's, we are, we know the urgency. We feel the pressure. We're working as hard as we can, and I've got a great little team of people working with me on this. Uh, and with AWI, we're working very well together. Uh, I feel the pressure, but I also feel the excitement and, and the potential. And hopefully a lot of support. Well, I don't know who, who said this, but... Uh, there's that famous quote that there's nothing more powerful than an idea whose time has come, and uh, that may well be the situation here. It, it, it sure it feels like that, for uh, sure, Marius. Well, um, there's uh, plenty of interest in this, and we'll keep people updated. But um, for now, um, Professor Philippine, thank you for joining the, the yarn, and for goodness sake, more power to your arm. Thanks, mate. Thank you. Professor Philip Hind from the University of Adelaide researching bio-harvesting of wool and needless to say, you'll be hearing, reading and seeing a lot more of this in coming months. You can keep in touch with it through Australian Wool Innovation via social media, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram, but of course through wool.com as well. But for now, from me, Murray's coming. Thanks for having a yarn with us.